This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio. Good morning. It is Saturday morning. It's just gone ten a.m. and it is time for Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Hello, welcome along. Uh, I'm Matt, joined by Butler and Kelsey, as always from Seven Sport. Good morning, gents. How are we doing? Morning. Okay. Yeah, a little time check. Yeah, you know, got to keep people up to date on a Saturday morning. They might just, just <laughs> having a lie-in or whatever. Don't know. What, 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 we're recording this on a Thursday, so what are you going to be doing at ten a.m. on a Saturday morning? I mean, I don't know how I feel about doing the show now. I'm thinking that people will listen to me while they're in their bed. <laughs> I don't know how that makes me feel. Especially as you're topless as well. Ah, oh, come on, I'm playing for that. <laughs> I got the tumble dryer. I had the tumble dryer on before we started recording. It's a bit warm in here. I'm <clears> sick. <throat> nice. Well, there you go. There's a little insight into Ryan Butler's life there. Warms up his flat <laughs> with a tumble dryer. That's okay, man. There's no washing. <laughs> no. It is. Nice. Sounds like I'm sort of pitching the dating out there, yeah? Yeah. Go on, give us some, give us some more. No, no. Anyway, <laughs> um, you don't want to give it away now. You got to message me to find out. More. Oh yeah, um, right. We're, <laughs> so we're doing um, sports this morning. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about Ryan Butler all morning. Um, we're talking sport, local and national headlines from the last week. Um, coming up on today's show, we've got some local news coming up for you, including a managerial change over in Stroud. Um, so we're going to go through that. Social distancing training is resumed, um, is started for our local side. Let's talk about that. Um, bit of an update from Gloucester City in the stadium. And then we're going to go into, we've been doing a team of the week every week since we come back from lockdown. Um, and we've now decided we're going to do a league of the week because there's too many of our local sides um, in the next division to do them separately, basically. So we're going to do them in one big go. We're going to do the Hellenic Division 1 West today. Um, as our league of the week so we can talk about other teams in there and we've got a little quiz coming up which I've made so we're going to learn a little bit more about the uh, Hellenic League and the teams in there maybe depends I give my quizzes um, and then we've got the Halftime Bovril and we're going to talk about it. we've got lots of any other business to talk about there's a lot gone on in the last week really um, so we're going to talk about all of that as well um, but let's do the traditional start to the show how's your challenge going Butler if you're you're walking and your steps and your fitness Ooh. and all that um, it's going pretty well. Um, for those who haven't read the post yet on the website about last week, you know, I wake up on on Saturday morning a little bit tight in the hip. You know, every now and then just a little bit tight. Um, so originally I had planned to to walk to Long Leventers Clubhouse. Obviously said about that on the show this time last week. Um, so with that bit sort of stiffness, I thought you know I'll walk uh, at least half of it and see what I do. So um, walked into town, got a bus from town to Longford and then just walked from the bottom of Longford Lane all the way up and it's deceptively long from from just inside Longford up to, to Long Eleven's Clubhouse and yeah, it sort of dusted the cobwebs off a little bit, you know, loosened me up a bit and yeah, hit the ground running on Saturday and you know, hit a couple of targets that I was looking to, to hit last week and this week, you know, Heading into to Friday at the time of recording, obviously we record on Thursday nights, and yeah, delighted with, uh, with what I've done this week, and looking just to cap it off in the next couple of days, um, and and see out a great week. Excellent stuff. Feeling feeling better. Feeling good about it. Still yeah, happy. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better still, and, and particularly in the mornings. Um, you know, it's documented on on previous shows that for me, when obviously I was drinking the fizzy drinks as well and things like that, you know. 
did find myself feeling extra sluggish in the morning, a bit stiff, a bit this and this. So what I've started to do now where I'm feeling a little bit better is I've actually incorporated not not like hardcore drills or anything like that, but a couple of drills just to um, set me up for the day, really, before I leave for work. And, and sort of what I do is, is do that before I leave and then when I arrive home from work at the end of the day. So it's kept me a little bit looser and and it naturally adds steps to, to what I'm doing and, and you know it means that I'm not cramming as much into that lunchtime walk as I had been previous weeks and it's uh, been easier to do it because it's spread out now along throughout the day so that's why I'm now able to you know increase my average steps um, over a, a, a day as a, as a time period up to sort of about 8,000 minimum a day which you know when I think about what I used to do yeah, you know, I try to. Well, not try to do the bare minimum. I just naturally was doing the bare minimum. I'm probably lucky to do about five, five and a half a day. So, you know, to be consistently adding that, knowing then on the Saturdays with long levens, I'm having a a chance to have the longer walks and you know watching football training, you know, see the guys and add a bit of normality to it. You know, it, it's 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 going well really, and yeah, feeling the benefits at the moment. I think it's mainly down to the fizzy drinks too. Um, you know, it's nearly a month or so since my last one, which, you know, when you think about it that way is, you know, it's breezed by and to be honest, it, it's become a lot easier than I thought it would be. And also sort of proud of myself for the fact that, you know, even longer since is sort of the last time I had a, a takeaway of any kind. So, yeah, doing all right at the moment. Nice. As I'm sat here scoffing at Domino's right in front of you on... Uh... So and wedges, and wedges, and cookies. But oh, yeah. you know, I didn't want to hold that against you. <laughs> uh, and Kelsey, um, have you done anything this week? Um, well, I've I've, I've been to work um, and nothing else. You work from home. I tell you what. I tell you what. Actually, what he has done this week, Matt. Right? Get load of this. He's arranged for a birthday dinner next week for his birthday. Oh, here we go. Not, not invited us. So bitter. Not invited us. So Doesn't invite us. Oh. We're not invited. No. He's well, going to Miller you know, Who does he know that loves steak? Me. Who does he know, <laughs> who does he know that loves their macaroni and cheese? Me. Their mushrooms? Me. Am I invited? No. Right. Well, I, I just didn't think that you want an invite, mate, with you being on, on the health kick and everything like that, you know? They do salad. Steak, <laughs> steak, steak can be quite, good. you know. Protein's good for your, for your growth of the muscle. Yeah, but steak's got quite high fat content, so, you know, I thought you'd, thought you'd be, uh, be disinterested, mate. So, um, you're not getting an invite, even though you've made a fuss about it. So that's the end of that. Disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. Imagine me now. I'm going to be sat there. I mean, he hasn't even told me what day he's going, but I'm going to be sat there, miserable, on my own. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to. I'm just going to send like, you a, send you a, send you a photo of my food, mate. Stop just it. To rub it in. Just to I'll rub be it in. Alone and I'll be miserable. That's all you need to hear. <laughs> this is like when um, Milhouse moved away, and Bart was left, and he was just on his own. Terrible. Um, right, let's get on to the sport anyway. Um, and let's. Well, you mentioned there you've been going down to watch um, Long Levens training. Um, a lot of our local sides are back socially distanced training, preparing for the new season coming up. Um, what's that? Uh, beginning of September, isn't it? So we've got a bit of a month for pre season well, stuff going ahead. Still, as it stands, we're, we're none the wiser, really, as to when it is coming back in terms of uh, the football. Um, we are expecting a announcement within the next couple of days, 
potentially, even by the time this has gone out, to just basically tell us when we can start planning for football to be coming back, really. And, you know, we start getting to a point where everyone I speak to or, or everyone you see on Twitter, social media, all sorts, you know, they just want football to be back now. They're ready for it to be back. I think the layoff has, has ignited the hunger with a lot of people. So, you know, we are in that position now where everyone just wants football to come back and all is forgiven. Let's uh, move on with a new season and, uh, yeah, it should be good. Yeah, so um, most of our sides are back training now as well, so it's good for them all to get back together. Hopefully we'll start getting a bit of um, movement with regards to players and where they're going to be next season. Um, We know of one transfer that's announced just before the show came out um, yesterday. Yeah, so um, Cheltenham Saracens captain Harley Price has uh, left the Division 1 West side. He's gone to Brimscombe and Frupp in the Hellenic Premier. And, you know, we spoke about it during the Brimscombe week a couple of weeks ago, how much they struggled in the early uh, months of the season to score goals and to win games. And, you know, Harley Price is a player who's got Southern League experience. He's been a captain um, I think he was captain at Cleve for a little bit, or he has captained Cleve before, before going to Saracens and, and obviously taking the the armband there. You know, he's he's a he's a good player and an experienced player, and one that I think that you know if Brimscombe can get the best out of him, could be a, a very very good signing going into the new season. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, you know, I think it's it's been a move that we've kind of in the last couple of seasons been thinking. Is Harley Price going to make a step up, or is he just going to going to stay at, at Saracens for another season? And for me, I think he's, ta- he's taken the right step at the right time. Um, I think maybe doing it last season when Saracens were on the cusp of, you know, everyone expected such big things from them. Um, so he thought, you know, give it one more go at Saracens, see what they can do in that league. Didn't quite come off with them, obviously, because of the the expunge results and everything like that. So I think the time's right for him to move on and. and and to take that that extra step up again, um, and see what he can. I think Brimscombe a very good um, a very good move for him. I think I think it'll be a good fit. I think yeah, Sam Pryor will get the yeah. best out of him. Um, obviously, coming back to what you were saying there, Kelsey, about whether you know um, we were expecting him to move or whether he would stay at Saracens. I think that you know he was always going to stay at Saracens last year because the season before that they came so close to getting promoted. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And you know potentially. You know, they had a, a case against the, the FA and the Hellenic League for not promoting them, really, um, especially when you knew that Oxford City um, nomads were going to pull out of the um, Hellenic Prem. So it was, it was quite obvious that Hardy Price and a lot of the Saracens players were going to give it another go, see if they can get Saracens promoted like they've threatened to do in the last couple of years. Didn't quite work out for them, and we spoke about it on, on previous shows that, you know, due to the weather, um, and, and inconsistencies in in their fixtures. They you know they were going weeks without playing games at some point. So it's always hard to really mount a serious title challenge with that going on. So you know there had been talks that potentially you know Tuffley are in the hunt for a striker. So it wouldn't have surprised me if Pritchard given him a call there to see if he fancied going to to Tuffley. But you know the question now that that I've got and you know I've, I've put it to Sam Pryor. You know. It's a legitimate question for me is surely it doesn't go because you now look at it and you have Jack Smith, you have James Campbell, you have Hardy Price. You know, Hardy Price can play as the, the number 10 
and as a second striker as such. So he has that ability. But then obviously you have Ollie Pitt, who likes to to play on the left side of a front three or whatever. So you know about four or five players really. If you add the likes of Ed Major, if he stays fit, and a couple yeah. of Johan Flo, for example, you know you can have about four or five, maybe even six players potentially for three places now. Does that then beg the question that is Sam Pryor expecting to lose maybe one or two of those players? I reckon so. Um, you know, as, as I said, it's been quite apparent throughout the last 18 months, probably, that Tuffley Rovers are crying out for a number nine striker. Um, you know, speaking to Macaulay Herbert about how their training's gone, you know, that's the first thing I said to him. I was like, it's pretty poor striker in yet. Because, you know, Tuffley are a, a, a mid-table side well lower mid-table side that have such potential in their squad but they need a 20 20 goal a season striker you know if if they're potentially getting a whiff that someone could be available from Brimscombe you got to look at it and say who's most likely to leave I don't think Ollie Pitt would would go I think that in the sense of how Brimscombe's set up I think that he's too important to them the fact he can play up front through the middle he can play on the left he can play on the right you know, Sam Pryor wouldn't want to lose a player like that. I don't think he'd want to lose a, any any player really. But you, you've yeah. got to say, you know, if you if you're going to play three four three three, for example, unless one of them is going to play out wide, you've got three central strikers in Price, Smith, and Campbell, and you can only really have one if you play a three up top or two if you play two up top. So one of them is going to have to be the rotation option. And you know, I'd, I'd, from what I've seen of Brimscombe. Um, in the last couple of years, even though I love him to bits, I think it probably would be Campbell out of the three. There would be the, the you know, most likely to be the odd one out. But then again, you know, don't you don't know. Don't know whether, you know, we've seen Campbell play left wing a number of times last season. So, you know, there's no no stopping, you know, Campbell playing on one wing and, and Pitt moving to the other or, or what have you and mixing it up that way. But, now, you've got a number of attacking players there, so if it does click and Pryor finds the right formation and the right, um, the, yeah, the right connection between the three squads and the right options there, then you know, the, as long as he gets the formula right, you can expect goals and goals win games. So you can expect Brimscombe to be, you know, looking more like title challengers than than what they looked like at the start of last season. Uh, lovely stuff. Right. Um, not just players that are on the move, it is management staff as well. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that after the break. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Good morning. With you to midday talking all of your sporting headlines mm-hmm. from the last week. Um, we're into the local news at the moment um, and we're talking about a managerial change. Paul Osborne and Dean Radio's. Very old. Phil. Phil. did this for me interviewed him as well. Oh, what's his name? Phil. <laughs> Phil Osborne. Phil Osborne. Phil Osborne and um, oh. Team Radio's very own Ian Logan Giles is. Uh, they're on the move. They're going up the A38, aren't they? Yeah, so literally by the time we. Um, in, well, in the, in the gap between us recording the show last week and the show going out, um, we kind of heard that the news was happening, but it was confirmed. Um, by Phil on his uh, Facebook and Ian on his Facebook that um, they both left Stonehouse Town, stepped away for for different reasons. Um, you know, things do happen in football, unfortunately. Um, 
and yeah, Ian it, it puts all cryptic Facebook uh, statuses up about you know speaking to a number of clubs because they were looking to still work as a project to, together with Alex to bring cut uh, Giles as well. So you know, it wasn't too much of a surprise to see them back in football as quickly as they have been. I think the surprise really is the fact that they've dropped a couple of leagues down to um, Northern Senior or Division One. But then on the flip side of that, um, you know, when they took the Stonehouse gig, Stonehouse was still in the county league. So, you know, maybe they're, you know, they know what they're, they're capable of and they know what um, they'll be looking for in a club. So the fact that, you know, from as Ian's described it, is that, you know, they almost fell in love with the place when they met with Cam and, and did everything that they needed to do to, to take a look at it. And then, you know, they'll have contacts to be able to bring in some decent players for the Northern Senior Div one. So, you know, it should make Cam a, a little bit more competitive. Um, you know, they didn't really, they haven't set the world alight in, in Div 1 for a couple of years, but, you know, it's a tough league, a very tough league. You know, Shalford, Brockworth, um, they're consistently strong and have been the last two seasons. Bickner, um, Wollaston and, and Chatham Civil Service have come up through the divisions and again, they look strong. So it's a tough old league. And one that, you know, Cam and Phil and, and Ian, they'll be looking to get amongst it and, and try and uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit. I think I've only ever seen Cam Bulldogs play once, um, or maybe twice. First time was when they played Quedgley Wanderers and they were like 2 0 down, and Adam Philp came off the bench and then they won 3 2. I just remember thinking, wow, what a, what a serious player for, for, for Northern Senior League level. And then he probably stepped up with Long Evans. Didn't really work out for him. And then where did he end up in the end? Um, yeah, went to Stonehouse for a bit. Um, and is it Shortwood now? I think still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw, you know, I've seen Cam. Uh, I think it was last season. I saw him against Tuffley Rose Reserves in a two-two draw. Mm. Yeah, they're a decent club and a decent outfit. And you know, they just need that push really to make make that step forward. And, and try and build for something. So hopefully Phil and Ian can get it right and you know, bring success down to, to camp. I mean, uh, maybe Matt will stop calling him Paul. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, just, it just rings better, I reckon. Um, just with Stonehouse, though, it feels like he's a bit of a bit of an out-of-the-blue kind of thing. You know, they've, they've worked hard over the last few years, really built the club up, progressed. They've started doing a bit of work to the ground, the floodlights and that kind of thing. So... It's kind of a bit of a strange one to to happen in this time. Do you know what I mean? From from like an yeah. outside looker in anyway. You know, you boys probably know a little bit more about. Well, it did come out of the blue a little bit, to be honest. I don't know how yeah. Ryan feels about it, but I wasn't really expecting anything out. Like I thought they were in it for for the long haul. I thought we'd see them there for the next couple of seasons. You know, helping to develop the the club and the ground, like you say, Matt. But yes. I just, no. I, yeah, I just a bit, a bit random. Off. Yeah, because they're off the field developments that they were they were having down there. Well, you think you know we under spoke to Phil on the well. show a few. I mean, a few not even a few months ago, we spoke to Phil on on the show, and yeah. you know, we got, we, no, and well, obviously back then, no indications that he definitely seemed like they were in it for for the long run, and and like you say, Ryan, as well, with like building up the under 18s and and reserve teams and things like that, so. You know, yeah, a bit of an out of the blue one. In and, you know, yeah. making that progress, you know, say suddenly Stonehouse can be looking at, you know, potential Hellenic Premier football and, and yeah. the rest of the yeah. like that. So, 
you know, it'll be very interesting to see who takes that job. So I am waiting patiently to find out who's who's potentially eyeing that one up and you know who would be a good fit there because there are a number of good managers um, in and around the county who, if they were to go for it, would would do well there. But it's a case of whether they'd leave their their current jobs. So yeah, well, and also you got uh, remember as well we're still waiting on the. In that, who's putting in for the Cinderford job? Of course, uh, you know Paul Michael and Co left uh, last week now, wasn't it? Mm. Um, out of the blue, so still waiting on news on that. So hopefully, we'll have that news soon. Also, I think and uh, I did Andrew Smith go as well to um, to the uh, to Yate with with Paul Michael. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, so obviously that rules him out. Obviously, um, yeah. So interesting couple of weeks ahead for uh, for management developments in the in the county. Yeah, I'm sure it's not the last one we're going to be talking about on the show as well, um, or going on at the moment. Right, let's um, move on now from our local news and get on to our League of the Week. Um, we've been doing a Team of the Week for the last few weeks now since lockdown, um, and now we're moving on to, um, as we got a bit more of a wider spectrum down the leagues, um, instead of doing every single local team from the lower league, because we'd be going for, for years, um, we're going to do League of the Week. So now we're going to the Hellenic Division 1 West um, they're our league of the week this week. Plenty of teams in there, boys, to get your teeth into. Um, where'd you start? Where's your favourite place to go? Um, well, it, it's limited for me because out of the sides, I've only been to Saracens, um, Morton, um, Newen, I've been to, and I've been to Borton, but that was before they started doing a bit of redevelopment on the ground. So, yeah, I've been to only half of them. I haven't been to Stonehouse, Shortwood. Um, and in fact, I have been to Forest Development, of course. So, yeah, only uh, Stonehouse and uh, Shortwood I haven't been to, really. So, you know, Shortwood's that, just a like, just getting to Shortwood in, in itself is, is 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 a whole like a mission. So you got to go up that hill and then, oh mate, and, so, and, and, and suddenly the realization as to why I haven't been to Shortwood yet because Kelsey, the driver, <laughs> believes it's a bit of a mission to get to. Um, but no. I, I, out of the places, I think, you know, without being overly biased to, to their first team, I think it would be Sirencester Development. I just think, that, you know, the Corinium Stadium's one of my favourite places, obviously with the 3G pitch as well. It is one of my <clears throat> one of my top places to go and watch football in the county, really. You know, we saw the development side a number of times, home and away, last season. Um, you know, and they, they appreciated our efforts to to go visit them. Obviously, you're talking about managerial changes. They've got new manager as well and Goffey down there. So, you know, be interested to see what happens there. They've already brought in a few players from um, New College Swindon, former New College Swindon players. So, young side with a couple of uh, experienced heads. And, uh, yeah, they'll be looking to, to do some damage, I'd say, um, to some extent. I think, you know, the last couple of years, they probably have had... Um, had a tough time because the league's become so good that young the young sides have struggled. New College Swindon and, and Science of Development, for example, Newent this season, you know, the sides that have a number of young players tend to to struggle a little bit. So yeah, other than that, I think Saracens is a, a good place to go and watch football. Wouldn't be a great place to commentate because of the train that goes past pretty much every 10, 20 minutes. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean Morton Rangers we went up there for the bank holiday weekend and scorching 
Um, scorching heat uh, uh, Easter weekend that the Hellenic League did a couple of seasons ago. Great little setup they've got down there. Obviously, with the new stand that they've put in that we spoke about last week, you know, they're all clubs that are going places in terms of trying to build for the future. Obviously, we talked about Newham Town um, registering an under 18 side as well. So, you know, they're again another side that are looking to try and build off the pitch to be able to then build on the pitch, if that makes sense. So, exciting teams in that division and if they all get the rub of the green and, and you know get the right fit and the right um, combination of players and, and coaching staff at their club then they could easily all challenge for that title in the next season obviously Morven will be the side to beat again with Hereford Lads Club and Hereford Pegasus the three um, Hereford sides and, and Worcestershire sides that you need to watch out for so it'll be interesting who is going to be the best of the Gloucestershire sides next year. Kelsey, anything to add from that from that division? No, I think right. No, I think Ryan's got pretty much spot on. To be fair, there's not really a great great deal else I, I can say. You know, there's a lot of a lot of teams in in this area. You know, in in that division, who are really looking to um, sort of you know, kick on and progress, not just on the field but off the field. And you know, talking about teams like Morton. You know, with the, with the new stand, um, you know, even teams like Shortwood becoming a little bit more professional in the way they think, in the way they do things off the pitch. Um, you know, even, even you know teams like Saracens as well who've got a nice little setup there. So um, it's uh, it, it's it, it's looking promising for the teams in the area in that division. So looking forward to to next season. Lovely stuff. Right, we're going to learn a little bit more about the Hanwick uh, Division. Uh, Division 1 West, sorry. Um, well, I say learn a little bit more. I've done a quiz. We're going to do it and we're going to see what's happened. So um, we'll go for a break. Um, after the break, we'll do round one of my Hellenic Division 1 West quiz. This is Sport on Dean Radio. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Good morning. We've you to midday talking your local and national sporting headlines from the past week. And because sport is back underway now, we've actually got something to talk about. So it's all good. Um, we're on our League of the Week feature from now on. Um, and this week's League of the Week is the Hellenic, Hell, Hellenic Division 1 West. Easy for me to say. Um, and I've done a quiz. I'm the quiz host this week. So Butler and Kelsey are going to be having a go. Um, join in at home as well. See what you know. Um, in the quiz. Have you got pens and papers ready, boys? Yes. Excellent stuff. So, round one, if you want to write round one on your paper, um, round one is called Hellenic League Sounds Greek. <laughs> oh. It's all about Greece. Oh. <laughs> So what I've done is I've got every manager in the Hellet Division 1 West to smash a plate and you've got to guess who's... No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> what I've done is uh, we're going to look back to the uh, the last completed season of the Hellenic Division 1 West, which was a 2018-2019 season. We're going to look back at the last completed Greek Super League season, which was 2018-2019. And we're going to um, do a bit of a quiz on the two divisions. So I hope you know your Greek football well. You ready for this? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, there's ten questions. Let me get the Greek music back on. Put a nice volume. Uh, is, there, is there anything, like, from the Hellenic League uh, in this part? Or is this literally just all Greek Super League? No, it's both. 
It's a oh, comparison it's between right, the okay. two seasons for Hello we'll Division 1 West and... Um, so, let's get rid of the music because that's annoying. Um, question number one. <laughs> uh, so this is on the 2018-2019 Greek and Hellenic Division 1 West seasons, okay? Which league winner gained 52 points? Was it Easington or P-A-O-K? Which side gained 52 points and won the division? like to learn a little bit about Greek football at the same time. We got an answer for that one? Yeah. Yes. Question number two. Olympiakos and Chatham Saracens both finished second in that season, but who scored the most goals with 78 goals? So it is, you know, if you know your Hellenic League, you're going you're gonna to know your answers to this. If you know your Greek League, you're going to know the answers. Good. Could do with the Greek Chantam Saracens fan. Uh, number three. Back frozen on the Skype, Kelsey. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. He's fine. Question number three. Uh, we established that Easington topped the league with 52 points, but what position would that have placed them in the Greek League in 2018 2019? Matt, you cut out for me. Can you repeat the question, please? Yeah, so we've established Easington topped the league with 52 points, but where would that have placed them in the 2018-19 Greek League? The Greek Super League. What position in the table would they have finished with 52 points? You've given away the answer to question one there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I whipped this together, all right? Busy good man. job I just good job I had easing turners in my hands. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it's because I was writing the answers and think, like thinking we could do the answers, but no. Uh, question four. Um, they got a mention earlier on. New College Swindon and Titherington Rocks had dire seasons in 2018-2019. They both finished bottom and second bottom on the same same amount of points. But how many points did Greek bottom side Apollo N Simaris accrue? <laughs> So how are you many you going to put a multiple choice here or what? Um, yeah, I'll give you a multiple choice. Um, 10, 11 or 12. Oh. Um, hmm. So the question was, New College Swindon and Rocks had dire seasons. They finished bottom and second bottom on the same amount of points. But how many points did Greek bottom side Apollo N. Simranis gain if you want you can give me the um, for an extra point how many points um, New College and Titherington Rock Scott oh I'm pretty sure I know that just for, um, just for banter I mean they were shocking so question number five Siren Sester Town Development scored 50 goals in this season despite a mid-table finish AEK Athens also scored 50 goals. They were only one of t- t- three teams to score over 50, but where did they finish in the league? Who, AK Athens? Yes, please. How many teams were in the division league? Like, well, that, you should know this. I think it's like, like 17 or 18 or something. Well, we already know who finished it's 16. first and second. So, Or do you know? 
Well, I've changed my answer, which is never good. Doesn't mean that the top three have got this, the best goal scoring. Yeah, record, but you can have a good. You can work out. Hmm. Oh, I know you've thrown me. This next question, I, I quite like this one. So, Sirencester Town Development had Macron as their kit supplier, but how many teams in the Greek top division had Macron as their kit supplier last season? What oh, question? God, surely. <laughs> no. There's 16 How? teams. There's 16 teams in the league. <laughs> you can't keep begging for multiple choice, mate. You just got to like take a stab in the dark. Macron is, of course, Italian. Doesn't give you any clues. Italian Greek relationships between football clubs are alive and well. Then nice to <laughs> nice to see. Well, you don't know. There might not be. <laughs> might not be any. Might be a trick <laughs> question. Might be a couple of missed invoices there. You know. Now, on to the big derbies of these two divisions now from 2018-2019. AEK Athens versus Panathinaikos and Chantham Saracens versus Siren Town Development. The big derbies, of course. Um, so, question... <laughs> the next question from that, which is uh, question seven, eight, nine... Out of the two big derbies, which set of fans saw the most goals over the two derby games in the league? Ooh. Was it the... Cheltenham and Siren fans, or was it the AEK and Panathinaikos fans? I think I remember one of the scorelines, so... Well, I could help you on the next question. Question number eight is, who scored the most goals out of all four of those teams? (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I literally came up with a name for the quiz first and then made the quiz, so... And then the next two, I'm going to give you a bit of time to think about them, so we'll play a track. I want you to give me the results in the two derby games in the in Greece and the results in the two derby games in the Hellenic League. So on the AK, how many? Have, uh, yeah, how many points are on? Uh, I tell you what. This question. If you get, there's three points per correct score. Do you want the two correct scores? Is, is, is this just question nine? Is it question nine and ten? So you need four uh, scores. Ah, right, okay. What? So is nine the Greek one? Yes. Uh... Yes. Okay. So I want the two derby game results in Greece and nine, and question ten, the two derby game results in the Hellenic League. I'll give you a bit of time to think about it. Here's a track. <laughs> What a lovely track that was. Um, let's do the halftime bovril now. It's the part of the show. By the way, we do the quiz answers after the news. Um, this is the part of the show where we pick a theme um, and then we all pick a track based on that theme and then we play the three tracks out either side of the news here on Dean Radio. They're tracks that we'd like to hear at halftime at a football match loosely because I, I think we just pick tracks now, don't we, based on a the theme. So um, yeah. This week's theme was picked by Ryan Butler and it was British tracks that oh. have made it in Hollywood movies. Yeah? Yeah. Um, you'd think there's a lot of them, but there's not. <laughs> it's, uh, you have to just double check whether people are from Britain and, and whether songs actually featured in Hollywood movies. Um, I went Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, they Matt, which is a classic from the hit, hit uh, film Wayne's World. And also Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> the film. <laughs> well, that's a British film, not an American film. So therefore, it wouldn't have counted. Oh, uh, well, we'll double check that. Um, 
I've gone for Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me from Breakfast Club. Cassie? I've gone for Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Ah, Gib ah, 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 Staying Alive. Uh, nice. Um, so we're going to play one of those tracks <laughs> for the news, two after the news, and then we're going to spin the wheel for next week's um, theme, basically. Who's going to pick next week's theme? Also, the answers to the first round of the quiz coming up. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Lovely. That was our halftime Bob for tracks this week then. Simple Minds, Queen and the Bee Gees. What a random mix, but that's just what you want to hear on a Saturday morning, isn't it? It's lovely, lovely stuff. Um, right, let's do the spinner for next week. Halftime Bob or who's going to pick the theme? Let's have a look. I hope it's me. I've got an unbelievable theme that Kelsey won't like. <laughs> I can't wait for I the arguments. It's Butler. My theme is songs about heartbreak or breakup songs after the way Kelsey has just abandoned me and not invited me. Why would you want to hear one of those on a, on a Saturday morning? Hey, right. Pat's been playing three songs. We're going to hear three of them next week. Yeah. Three songs. How down I am. Three breakup songs. I'm going to pick Eamon from like 2003 or 2004. Uh, I, will, I will allow songs about loneliness. So Akon <laughs> Lonely is in the mix. One is the loneliest number. Celine Dion, all by myself. They're all in my going around my head right now. Pencil picks. Jesus, it's the way you go, like your face when you said, "I will accept songs about loneliness." Okay. <laughs> it's because Man United nearly gave the ball away in their own box. <laughs> yeah, Panikin. Panikin Skywalker. There you go. That's a cheerful theme for next week. Um, next week, by the way, is Kelsey's birthday. Um, so it is. Maybe we'll do a quiz on. Football from 1990. Well, it's actually it's actually my turn to do the quiz next week, so mm-hmm. expect a quiz all about me. Uh, what did Ian give me for my birthday in 1999? <laughs> what did Ian give me for my birthday in 99? I have to ask him. The fake hope of promise. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's some um, like some nice Toy Story shorts, actually. Nice, nice. Um, Let's get back to the sport anyway. Um, Just before the news, we were doing um, the first round of the quiz on the Hellenic Division 1 West. It was all about, um, well, it was called Hellenic. That sounds Greek. Um, It was all about the Hellenic Division 1 West and the Greek Super League season from 2018-2019. I came up with the name of the quiz first. Just had to roll with it, so this is what we got. So we're going to go for the answers, see how Butler and Cassie got on. Um, question number one was, which league winners gained 52 points, Easington or PAOK? And I gave the answer away. It was, of course, <laughs> Easington, as PAOK had 80 points. They had 80 points. Um, question number Smash two down. was, Olympiakos and Chantham Saracens both finished second, but who scored the most goals with 78 Butler. Saracens. Kelsey. Yeah, I went Saracens. It was 
Olympia, no, uh, yeah, Olympiakos had 71, and Cheltenham Saracens had 78. So, yes, it was Cheltenham Saracens. You're right. They went absolutely so crazy that year. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is reflected in a lot of my answers. On one game, like 10 nil, I think, but that was against Coverington. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, question three was, we established Easington top the league with 52 points, but where would that have placed them in the Greek league in 2018-2019? Kelsey? Uh, well, we, I don't know. I just, I just took a stab in the dark based on the fact that um, you say Olympiacos got like 80 points or whatever. I just put like fourth, so. But, uh, I put fourth as well. You know your Greek football, they would have finished fourth. <laughs> Atromatos <laughs> finished fourth with exactly 52 points as well so there you go um, question number four New College Swindon Tiverton Rocks are dire seasons finished bottom and second bottom on the same amount of points but how many points did Greek bottom side Apollon Simonaris get uh, was it 10, 11 or 12 Butler 11 Kelsey total guess just went for the first answer 10 it was 10. Oh, Bonus point. How many did New College Swindon and Titherington Rocks get? Five. I, I want to say that they only won one game and like lost every other. So I put three, but I'm not sure if I'm right. Kelsey is storming ahead. It was three points. Oh, scenes. Um, question number five? Six? Yes. No, it's just... Oh, yeah. Number five. I didn't number my quiz for some reason. Um, <laughs> Simon Town Development scored 50 goals in this season despite a quiet mid-table finish. AK Athens also scored 50 goals. Um, where did they finish in the league? But there. Eighth. Kelsey. But fifth. It was third. The top three wow. were the only ones to get over 50. Makes sense, I suppose. Not a goal-hungry mm. division like the Henley Division mm. 1 West is. Um, Siren's, uh, Siren Development had Macron as their kit supplier, but how many of the teams in the Greek top league had Macron as their kit supplier last season? Kelsey? No idea, so I put seven. Butler? Three. It was three! Exactly, oh. yes. If I name okay. them, do I get extra points? <laughs> if you could name these three teams, then yeah. Uh, no. PAOK, <laughs> OFI, and Esterias Tripolis. They all have. OFI, and they've got probably sound like a Olympia. furniture store, mate. Yeah, I think two of them actually got relegated as well, so it wasn't a very good season for uh, Macron FC. There you go. And um, they were trying to kit for Stoke as well, giving a bit worse. <laughs> uh, big derbies now, then. AK Athens, Panathinaikos, Icos, and Chatham Saracens, Chatham uh, Saracens, Siren Town Development. Out of the two big derbies, which fans saw the most amount of goals in the two games? Kelsey. Uh, Saracen, Siren. Butler's gone same. the same. That is correct. They did see the most amount of goals. Who scored the most goals out of all four teams, Butler? Saracens. Kelsey. Saracens. Yes, it was Saracens. Uh, now, I want the two results from the Greek games first. Uh, Kelsey first. Uh I've gone with a bit of a bore fest. I've gone 1-1 one, one, and 1-1. One, one. Butler? 3-2 uh, and 1-2. One, so we were going to give one point if you got the result and three, three points, points if you got the correct score. 
the results were nil nil and nil nil. There were no goals at all in the Greek. No way. Yeah, nil nil both games. So Kelsey gets one point for going for one one. Uh, and secondly, give me the two derby results in the Hellenic division. Butler? I'm pretty sure Saracens won one of them like by scoring dicks amount of goals. So I put 7-1 and then 3-0. Kelsey? See, I've, I've used the same logic that Saracens won one of them by... I put 6-0. I'm, sure I'm sure they won by loads. I put 6-0 for one of them and then the other one I put 4-2. To Saracens, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Saracens did the double over them. I don't. I no, I'm not sure. I think Siren won four two in one of them, and Saracens won six nil in the other. Well, that's one point for Kelsey and two points for Butler. The score was uh, Siren three, Chantham Saracens six, and Chantham Saracens five, Siren nil. Big, big scoring games there. Lovely stuff. Um, right, we're going to tot up your score, see what you got. I've got eight. Beautiful. That's not bad. I think I've got ten. Yeah. Ten points to eight. We're going to go for a break and then we're going to do Play Your Cards Right after the break. This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio. Welcome back to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. We are about to do our Hellic Division 1 West Play Your Cards Right, and I like to call it. Play your goals right. So, what we're going to do, we're going to look back at the expunged season, 2019-20, when all the records have been wiped clean. Not here on 7 Sport. It matters to us. Butler's dancing. I mean, what a theme tune. Don't make them like that anymore, do they? Um, right, so it's play your goals, right? And um, we're going to go for the goals scored by the teams in the Hellenic Division 1 West, okay? Um, I've got two rounds and a tie break if we need it because this is worth, what should we say? Five points per, yeah, five points. It's worth five points. Let's just do it like that. Um, as Butler is uh, losing, he gets to choose if he would like to go first or second. I'd like to go second. So Kelsey's going to play the first round and... It's goals scored by these teams in the expunged 1920 season. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Good stuff. So the first team I'm going to start you on, we've, we've mentioned them this evening already, Stone Ice Town. They scored 33 goals. But next on the board is New College Swindon. Did they score more or less than 33 goals? What do we think, everybody? Higher, lower. More. More or less. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to say lower on that one, mate. Uh, it was lower. They only scored nine goals. Have we established they're not the best side? Sure. <laughs> the side that had 135 minus goal difference. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Are you giving them that one? <laughs> Who's that? Which we get a rock hard one. Like, Come on now. You, you'll get your turn. Uh, so we come from New College Window with nine to... Borton Rovers, higher or lower? Have they scored more or less than nine goals? Oh, jeez, I guess. It's toughy, mate, I'm going to go higher. Uh, he's gone higher. Uh, Borton Rovers actually oh, scored 25 goals. Next team. Flying in. 
Clanfield, 85. Higher or lower than Bolton Rovers with 25 goals? Why is Timothy Fossu Mensa playing here? Do they, do they live up to their name Ooh. of Clanfield 85? <laughs> I did see Clanfield. Like they score 85 goals. Um, I'd, I'd be shocked if they, if they scored less, so I'm going to say higher. He's gone higher. It is higher, 42 goals. Now, this is the last one. Butler could steal the five points here if you get this wrong. He doesn't even have to do anything. he just get five points. The last team is Thornbury Town. Have they scored more or less than oh, 42 goals? Now in the, we're talking, AC. Now we're talking. In the 1920 season. Nigel, Nigel Um, Higher. Higher, surely. I, I'll be honest, before you say it, Matt, I would have gone lower, personally. He's gone higher. And it's a good job. They scored 55 goals. So Cassie gets Pass. five points added to his tally as Butler gets a chance now. In the next I mean, round. now means now means Kelsey's won. So. Well, we'll do the third round just to, just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan Butler, um, going to start off your team, Cheltenham Saracens with fifty three goals scored. Happy with that? Yeah, I mean, I hope you're giving me Tiverington. But next team, Saracens to Town Development. <laughs> Have they scored? You'll get your chance. Higher or lower? More more or less goals than Chatham Assassins for 53. Or lower. You're going to go for lower? You're correct. They only scored 35. Now. Yeah, I guess you're going to throw it in my way, are you? Well, I told you you'll get your chance. Next team is Malvern Town. Oh, yeah. Higher or lower? Oh, he's, yeah. He's gone higher. Yeah, Malvern scored 107 goals <laughs> in a season which <laughs> ended in March. <laughs> If, if, I assume the next one's Tiverington or Newent, so that's lower. Uh, next one is actually uh, Hereford Pegasus. Ah, lower. It's gone lower. It is right. 79 goals. Hereford Pegasus. Your final one to get five Let points. Let me guess. It's Lads Club. <laughs> it's Hereford Lads Club. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't care, but higher. Higher or lower? It I, is. Saw him play. I saw him play once and they looked alright, scored a few goals, but they in a few. I imagine he scored a few because they came back up and, you think they scored and say finished like second, so you, I would say higher on that. You think there's gone more than 79? They scored 76 goals. It was lower. Number five to Kelsey. Do you want to do the last, do you want to do the last one just for fun? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Given the side with a minus 135 goal difference. Well, you had Malvern Town with like a plus 134 goal difference, whatever they're on. Yeah, but he hasn't had any that are that as close as Malvern there. <laughs> oh, hey, look, you dear. chose to you chose to go. Hey, second. come on, it's a free determined pack. You'd give me whichever one. No, 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 no. Why don't you get VR to have a look at it? Uh, <laughs> right, should we just do round three anyway? You might, you yeah, might, yeah. The round three is worth a hundred points, so <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, I mean, Kelsey should bet, put it all on the line after leaving me next week. Yeah, all or nothing, then, Kelsey. Your team, yeah, sure. your team is Newent Town with twenty-five goals. The next side are Titherington Rocks. Did they score more or less than Newent Town? More or less. 
They scored 25. 25, yeah. Uh, oh, mate. Um, higher. I've gone lower. Uh, Kelsey was correct to go higher again. It's 28 goals. Tither and Tumrock scored. Next team, uh, mentioned them this evening too, Morton Rangers. Higher or lower than 28 goals? Um... Yeah, we'll go higher again. Uh, he's gone higher. It's correct. 42 goals, Morton Rangers. Next side, Malmesbury Victoria. Higher or lower than 42 goals? Ooh. Interesting. Let's, get, let's, let's go higher again. Let's go higher again. He's gone higher, go again. higher again. 57 goals, Malmesbury Victoria. You're correct. Right, last one. You're either going to go away with double your money or Butler's going to take it all. Shortwood United, did they score more or less goals than Malmesbury Victoria? Oh, what? Uh, how many did Malmesbury score? 50? 57. It's close. It's, that, that it's, close. Got, it's got to be higher, surely. I'd gone lower on the basis that Matt's gone higher three in a row. Ooh. I'm going higher on the basis that Shortwood finished like fourth, I think, in the league and once again Kelsey is correct yes! 59 goals for Shortwood only two more than Malmesbury Victoria and there you go that was play your cards right Butler's going to sulk and everyone, <laughs> everyone's a winner there you go have a, have a good day What's our league of the week next week going to be? County League. The County League. And who is the quiz master? Kelsey. Kelsey. There we go. Join us next week for our league of the week. The County League. Kelsey's doing the quiz. Me and Butler will take part. And uh, what what was Butler saying last week or the week before? Four in a row or something like that? You won? Four? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did win four in a row. Mm. Yeah. Not the greatest uh, Premier League team ever, no? No. Like Liverpool. Well, that might bring us on to nicely to our AOB. Um, we've got a, quite a bit on there today, so we might as well get straight into it, really, because there's a lot to talk about. Um, the first thing I want to bring up with you lads is what what do you make of Liverpool giving up on their season? Pretty much now they've won the league. They've kind of they're already on the beach already, aren't they? They've they've been poor. That's quite simply the reason why they're not the best team the Premier League's ever seen. You know, you, you talk about the best teams ever in, what, nearly 30 years of football. You know, you're looking at the sides for me that have done it year upon year and, you know, not really let their standards slip. You look at the two Man United sides that won the, the Premier League three years in a row, back, like, back to back. That happened twice. You know, Chelsea under Mourinho for the first time won the, the Premier League and defended it Man City under Guardiola they're all better for the longevity factor and the fact that they've been able to to do it year upon year and the standard just hasn't dropped. yeah but in why why should you be judging like a team on year 
from year when you should just judge it solely on a one season basis. Like I think your point there that you're making about teams for like winning back to back to back or back to back in the case of Chelsea and Man City, why are we judging that as like a like measuring poll against a Liverpool team that have only won the league this one? Because yeah, but that's not Leicester, the point. That's not, that's not the point. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. we're talking about season on season basis. At the minute, but we're talking about season on season basis. There yeah. is no way you can sit there and say something like that when Leicester have gone and won the league one year, Blackburn have right. won the league one year. So what? On the that whole basis, point then, is, like, right, well, for Blackburn, that season. Blackburn, you know, were the best team ever because they had a really good season that year. Sutton and Shearer banged 30 goals in each, and they're clearly the best team. Nonsense. We're talking about... We're not talking about them as champions of that season. Matt begged the question of greatest Premier League team ever. I'm clearly saying to be the best team ever, you have to come and do it year upon year. But then how many of those teams were the the same every single year? None of them. None of those teams were the same every single for the years they did that. They were always additions to that team or players that left. Oh, you're having an absolute laugh. (laughs) You're having an absolute laugh. As someone who's followed Man United over the years, from that period of 98-99 to 2000-2001, the, o- the only replacements that happened throughout that time period were Quinton Fortune came in on a free transfer and a couple of players came in from the youth ranks. So, yes. you know, so they weren't the same team then, were they? So, all right, so are Liverpool going to be the same team next year? No, exactly. But we're not, talk- we're not talking. We're not talking about that. About, we're not talking about the best season. We're talking about the greatest team ever, the greatest team ever. And if we're going to say, "All right, the greatest team ever," then you might as well say, "All right, then." If we're going to do it on one season only, be the Arsenal with no three or four, because they went on the season unbeaten. If you want to be like that, that's clearly your agenda yeah. here. That the side that's Pretty had much. the best one season, or it's you know the Man City side that have reached hundred points. Mm. but you're, we're talking the best team ever to be in the Premier League that is simply going to be a side who has shown the consistency and has shown the longevity to be able to do it upon year upon year to be able to defend the Premier League title and win it back to back supersedes a one season wonder as it currently stands we could look back at it in five years time Liverpool have gone on to win the league two three years in a row and then yes they're up there as the greatest team ever but right now, you cannot possibly put them in the brackets best team ever because, as I said, any one team can have one unbelievable season. Yeah, the argument there is Liverpool had that great season last year. They didn't win the league. Didn't win the league. They won Champions League, so, though. And they the, didn't win and the, the league. World, the We're talking about Cup. Premier League. We're talking about Premier League. Because then if you're talking about that, a few years ago under Jose Mourinho, Man United won the UEFA Cup at the time, Europa League. League Cup and the, the FA Cup. So, you know, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's a good argument because Liverpool fans, do, you know, they have been on about it all season. Oh, best Premier League team of ever. Of course they have. And now they've gone because on. Because at one point, it looked like they were going to break yeah, but, the record. But they're not yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. The, the, so that's the why. Of fact but you're like, then you can it. understand why they were making those points. Well, yeah, so yeah, yeah, we know they're not going to break those records. But like at, at a point in the season, it did look like Liverpool were going to go on to break all these records, get 100 points, go unbeaten and all this. And, yeah, you know, at, that, at that point, yeah. So what? So I do, like, what point are you trying to make the point here that Liverpool fans are idiots for saying that, or are they idiots for having hope that their team were going to break all these Premier League records no, when it looked like they were say, going to? Um, no, because you actually have to get over 
over the line. Liverpool fans, uh, hypocrites, were saying that for the simple basis of, oh, yeah, we had to put up with, oh, you know, I'm not going to celebrate the league title until it's actually won. We knew at Christmas they were going to win the league. What are we talking about? <laughs> so, you know, they look like they're going to win the league as well. You know, it, it, they've gone on to win the league. They haven't gone on to break those records, and the proof is in the pudding. That's like me turning around saying in the 2010-11 season, before Man United got beat by Wolves in December, we were unbeaten and threatened to look like going unbeaten for the whole season. You know, at that time, it looked like it was going to happen, but it ultimately didn't. So you don't look back at it and go, oh, well, you know, that season, United were unbeaten for half the season, so they clearly were quite good. No. And uh, I, was, uh, I listened to the Liverpool game on the radio last night, um, and... It got to a point where in the game they were like, well, Klopp's going to have words at half-time because, you know, they weren't playing very well or whatever. He looked baffled. He looked baffled by what he was seeing. It must be hard for him because what does he say to his players at half-time? They've just won the Premier League at a canter, basically. What does he say to them? Shake him up. Well, you've got to say to them, you are the champions of England. You need to start playing like it. Because you've got to remember that this season, there's only a small time frame between the end of this season and the pre-season for next season. So, so then why would you why would you shake your players up to try and go at full intensity if there is a smaller break so then it gives them a longer rest so they can just say, oh, you know, take it easy. Losing you know, you the Premier League. Because as I said, to be considered the greatest team in the Premier League, your standards don't slip. You think Pep Guardiola yeah. was insane? No. He would have been at his players saying it's not good enough. If you're this side that's supposedly, you know, on the potentially going to be the greatest team ever and have all these records ahead of you personally I'd want to be going for them but you know maybe that's just me maybe that's the elite mentality <laughs> I, would, I, would, I wouldn't imagine Sir Alex Ferguson stood there and took that sort of performance at Arsenal last night no even if his side had just won the league by no. uh, I don't even think when, if it's the way round for example and you know Liverpool were beating Arsenal I wouldn't expect Wenger to be you know still as I can five against West Brom though didn't he yeah but you cut out there so I didn't hear what you said no (laughs) Fergie still let his still let his uh, championship winning side concede five against West Brom though didn't he yeah but let's not forget you know that is his final game in English football there had never been a 5-5 draw in English football so he's gone out creating records you know (laughs) the best the best make the records and the best right of the history (laughs) the best manager I think that's a bit of a reach mate He's the best well. manager he's ever lived, mate. Well, yeah, don't doubt that's, that. That's what he wants. Excellent, Steph. Well, there we go. There's Liverpool. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what we do next season. Always goes back to Man United. Yeah. Start with Liverpool, end up with Man United. Right. The reason, the reason it comes back to Man United is because Matt asked the question of the greatest team ever. <laughs> so, naturally, I've said the side who's won the Premier League three years. Oh, mate. How am I... So, all right, Matt, that's the question to use the greatest Premier League, ever, uh, Premier League team ever, and we're just not going to match Man United at any point. So I just want to Premier League team No, because okay. Man City are the team that have got the most points ever in the Premier League season. Okay. Right, lads, 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 right. Okay. Let's, uh, let's hold the Man United talk until after the break, because we're going to talk about the Champions League and the it's Europa massive, League. That all going for um, four, fifth, sixth, all of that that's going on in the Premier League at the moment. So stay tuned for more Manchester United talk after the break. <laughs> This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio. Oh, 
I'll continue the final part of this morning's Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we're talking any other business now, um, and we're going to chat about the Premier League, um, the Europa League and Champions League race, which by the time this goes out, um, we're going to have a little bit more of an idea of how it's shaping up. Um, my team, Wolves, have pretty much dropped out of it all completely now, um, hoping for sixth place to get into Europa League group stages again, which means we'll have... Another massive long season next season, which is never going to end, and we're just going to keep playing football forever and ever. So, there you go. That's the price of success. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, but what, what do you reckon top four? Do you think United have got a chance still with Leicester winning Thursday on Thursday evening? Depends how tonight's game or Thursday's game goes, I suppose. We are recording on a Thursday night. I just asked me a question about Leicester, but it's going to be talking about my United. I'm sure I'm allowed to do that, mate. <laughs> I said... What are United's chances with Leicester winning on the night of record Thursday? Well, if United beat Palace, that's the way, well, as we're recording, obviously, they're playing at the moment. So by the time the show goes out, we know more what happened. But the fact that United have Leicester away on the final day, I think, means that, not to say they can afford another slip-up, but, you know, it's still within both clubs' hands, really, which, you know, you know, if you offered it to either club uh, at sort of the start of the season or even when the the season was first suspended, I think they both would have taken it. Um, you know, as a United fan, I was very disappointed with Monday night against Southampton, 2-1 up at home. You, you just expect to see a corner out in the 93rd minute, whatever it was. And, you know, you've got an international centre-back that doesn't get goal side. It's just always going to have trouble. Um, you know, Chelsea have done... What they needed to do against Norwich, that was, you know, a very ugly win. And to be honest, it was probably a, an ugly win that Chelsea haven't been capable of for long periods of this season. So I think it shows that Frank Lampard's side have a bit about them. And it, it was always going to be, for me, Chelsea and one other. Obviously, from a United perspective, I'd love it to be them. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to go right down to the wire and it makes it a bit exciting, especially when the title race was done and dusted as... as early as it was in the end so you know that and the, the relegation fight the fact that they're still going on now you know that's testament to to how, how well the the premier league has been I, I, th- I mean i think the premier league's been quite good since it's come back a lot of people have been slagging it off and, and whatever but you know I've, i think on the whole it's, it's been good to have football back and you know, i think the standard of football's been um particularly good yeah, so we think pretty much top five is is uh, Liverpool, City, Chelsea, Leicester and United now. Um, so there's one spot left, that Europa League um, spot. I think, does seventh get it as well if Arsenal don't win the FA Cup? I think yeah, seventh I believe would get so. it too, wouldn't it? So um, potentially Tottenham could still get into it. Um, I think Arsenal... Well, that would be, ironic, wouldn't it? You know, Arsenal fails to win the FA Cup and it leaves Tottenham a Europa League spot. Yeah. You know, I, I think before... Again, before Thursday night, you would have fancied Sheffield United, but Sheffield United got beat by Leicester this evening. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's probably done them. I don't think that... I mean, they're, I they're, they're, one, point now, be, they're one point behind Spurs and two points behind Wolves and sixth. So if that, if that seventh spot does come available, then it's all to play for for them still, really. But then um, you think about it... it the way the fixtures have worked are great, really, because it's exciting for everybody. Because you think about, I've mentioned there that Leicester play Man United on the last day. You know, Leicester before that played um, Spurs away. Mm. 
So, you know, Spurs are going to potentially need that to boost their top six or seven hopes anyway. So, you know, it's left a lot of stones unturned. And I think that is testament to almost the way the fixtures have panned out. Obviously, not to to, to rub salt into it, Matt, but, you know, if Wolves had managed to beat Burnley on, on Wednesday night, you know, then they would have been going to Chelsea potentially on the last day, needing to get a win to get the Champions League. Mm. So, you know, that's the difference there. You know, one VAR decision, you know, it is something that has been well documented on social media and in, in, in the news as well. You know, looking back at it, that VAR decision is likely to cost Wolves a place in the Champions League. Yeah, well, I don't want to talk about it, but it wasn't, I don't, it wasn't even the VAR decision. It was Mike Dean's decision in the first place. And once he's given a penalty like that, VAR's never going to overturn obvious, it, it because it's not a clear and obvious mistake by him. But from a common sense point of view, if you've got a boot coming towards your face and you don't want it, you don't want your eyeballs ending up in the back of the net, you're going to put your hand up, aren't you, to protect your face? But Mike Dean's not seen that point of view. He's seen it's hit his arm. It's on BBC One. I want to get on the TV. <laughs> no, the, thing, the thing is for the thing is for it to, to sort of defend Mike Dean to some extent is that we've had this discussion previously as well. You know, the laws of the game that the referees have to adhere to is 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 garbage. You know, anyone who watches football regularly or, you know, understands the mechanics of football will see that incident and tell you it's not a penalty. No, but, you, but the way... The, the, but the laws dictate if the ball hits the hand... Yeah. Then it's a penalty it's or ball. free kick. But it's the way that the, the high boot is up there, which is classed as dangerous play, so... Surely it, it depends it on whether the referee sees it as dangerous play. Yes, there is also the ground that has been asked before in previous instances of, of players trying over it kick. Is it a genuine attempt to play the ball? Uh, you know, there's a, a bit of a grey area when it comes to a decision like that. You know, even ten years ago, you know, you, you see a player go for an overhead accent kick the player. No free kicks given. You know, because they're making a, a genuine attempt to to try and win the ball and try and play the ball and, and have an effort on goal. The whole point of what the FA and FIFA and you know everyone in charge of football say is they want as many goals as possible because it adds the entertainment value. So if you start saying to players you can't try an overhead kick because it's an automatic foul or anything like that, then you know it, it sort of stops that. So as I said, there's a lot of grey area. And obviously in that decision, they felt that his, well, the boot wasn't close enough to the head to to be considered dangerous play and it was just an attempt to play the ball not to say I agree or disagree with it that is just clearly how they've interpreted that phase of play and we shouldn't have sat back and invited the pressure on anyway so there we go it's our own fault and uh, <laughs> game management you yeah. learn about game management as you go so you know, Wolves will be well Wolves it will depend really for next season on, on who stays and who goes I'd imagine Matt would you agree with that yeah it's, it's the funny thing is like I was saying to you before we came on the, sh- on, on the show earlier um Two years ago, we were in the championship and now we're sat there going, oh, well, that's the Champions League hopes out the window kind of thing. And it's a bit like maybe we and need to see that. where we've come from. Like you're, you're, you're out of the Champions League race with only two games left of the season. Yeah. Um, well, we could still get it because we're still in the last what, yeah. 16 of the Europa League and we could get Europa League again next season. So two seasons in a row when we only came up to the Premier League last year is, you know, it was our first season of Premier, back in the Premier League last year. Do you think, like, would you, like, when you were obviously that season you won the championship, you know, if I said to you, you know, within two years, you'll be 
playing for still for a Champions League spot in your 36th game of the season. Yeah, you're taking it. You yeah. you snapped your hand off really, and yeah, I think it from a from a neutral perspective, you know, Wolves have been very good, especially since the the restart. Unfortunately, just the last few games have, have let them down. But you know, you've got to wonder, you know, what is going to happen next season because. With money and, and you know transfers that are likely to happen, you know Chelsea can spend again and already have started spending. You know teams are going to try and improve, and you know is, is Sheffield United going to be as good as they were this year, or Wolves going to be as good as they were this year, or Leicester even going to be as good as they were this year, or any of them? So, you know it's been nice and tight due to the fixtures um, and how it's all panned out this season. But you know I don't personally I don't see it being as close next season. Um, for for the top four bases, for example. Uh, yeah, plenty to go for anyway. Two games left now in the Premier League, um, so going to be an interesting week ahead. Um, I was going to mention about the five sub thing, but we'll do that next week because um, I want to get on to letting Kelsey have a bit of a chat towards the end of the show. Um, <laughs> one thing, I know you're a big NFL fan. What do you make of this Washington yes. Redskins thing? I know it's a bit of a tricky thing to, to talk about, but what do you yeah. make of the, the name change? Um, I think it's, well, I think it's been coming for a couple of years now. Like, it's not just been this year where there's been pressure on them to change the name. Obviously, if you look back over the, over the history of the NFL in the last sort of like five, six years, there has always been murmurings of, oh, Washington should change their name because it's disrespectful to Native Americans and things like that. Um, but if you actually read into the history of, uh, the Washington, uh, franchise, the name the Redskins was actually named in honor of a um, of a Native American. It wasn't meant in a derogatory term or or anything like that. It was actually in honor of his, the contribution. The, the I can't remember his name, um, but a Native American from I think the 1930s or or, the ninth, or whatever um, the contribution he had made to American society. So he was actually honored by the Washington NFL franchise by naming them the Redskins. Um, so it, people don't actually see that; they just see the name and think, "Oh well." You know, every, it's a very sensitive topic, and, and rightly so. Um, and so people are, are, are clamoring for change. I think it probably is now the right time to change it with everything that has gone on in, in the last five, six months. Um, I think I don't necessarily think the the name was was a bad thing, having that name, the Washington Redskins, because of the history attached to that name. But I do think it is now the right time to change the name to something else. And you know, it's been a, it's been well a couple of years since we had uh, a name change for a team that remained in the same city. Obviously, teams have have moved, like you know, the St. Louis Rams moved to Los Angeles, and the Chargers, San Diego Chargers, moved to LA as well. Um, and obviously, now the Raiders have moved from Oakland to Las Vegas. Um, but it's been a while since we've had an actual name change from a team remaining in the same city so uh yeah i'm interested to see what they what they what they name it uh but yeah I, I i don't think the redskins name was a bad thing because of the history attached to it but yeah i do think it is now time to change it yeah they, they want to they say they want to keep it something r so it's going to be like washington r's red tails <laughs> i think was the um i red think tails. red tails was one of the main um was one of the main uh, sort of favourites, bookies' favourites or whatever mm. to uh, be named to. Uh, um, obviously, there was talk about uh, like the Washington presidents and 
you know, and, and, and things like that. But uh, I did see, <laughs> I did see someone on on Twitter say, "Oh, the, the Washington Redskins are going to change their name to the uh, to the DC Redskins instead." And I <laughs> did have a bit of a bit of a chuckle about that. Um, but yeah, they're going to call. We'll see. We'll see. Yes, uh, interesting stuff. And um, we got a few minutes left, so we suppose we uh, mentioned the cricket, um, England on their tour against well, the West Indies. What do we make of that? It's been a bit well, up and down. By the time, it? by the time this, by the time this show goes out, we'll have had a, another full day's play. So it's going to be a little bit outdated. But by the time this show goes out, we'll have had a you know a full a full day's extra play. Um, obviously, we're recording it on a Thursday night, so we would have had all of Friday as well. Um, Thursday started, yeah, it's a bit, bit up and down at the start. Obviously, you know, lost that Crawley first ball. Um, Joe Root looked okay, um, reached at one down the down the offside and edged it to to second slip, and, and that was him gone for like twenty three off off forty nine. So didn't stay around for as long as he wanted. But then, you know, uh, Dom Sibley and uh, and Ben Stokes really dug in um, and batted out the rest of the day from from like two o'clock or, or half past two or something like that so uh yeah that that was, that was good to see them actually digging in but yeah it, it's difficult to talk about when we know that we've got full days played to come tomorrow which is actually yesterday when the time by the time the show goes out lovely stuff but you want to add anything into the cricket chat yeah i think the partnership between stokes and sibley on on day one you know England have, have really lacked the application of, of that sort of partnership, you know, in the Ashes in particular. Um, first couple of tests, we were quite poor in the batting and quite quick to see the, the batsmen come in, score a quick 30 or whatever, and then just fall really cheaply. So to have players just digging in and, you know, surviving long periods, to, to know, have Dom Sibley in a good position after seeing a lot of balls throughout the course of a day, I think it's the kind of application that England need to be showing, um, and especially the young players like Sibley, who was quite inexperienced at cricket, uh, cricket at Test cricket. Sorry, um, and I think Kelsey will agree with me what I'm saying. You know, to have players who are willing to bat a full day's play and see off as many balls as possible is only a good thing because that is the application that the best players have. Like, for example, Steve Smith, who's widely renowned as you know, probably in test cricket, especially the best player in the world at the moment, you know, to have players who are willing to do that. You look at Alistair Cook in years gone by, one of the best batsmen I've ever seen in, in general. He had the ability to just sit there, dig in all day and just bat and bat and bat. So, you know, hopefully it continues and like Dom Sibley can, uh, can build on it. Lovely stuff. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. Probably mention it on next week's show. Um, but that brings us nicely to a close on today's show. If you want to listen back to any of our previous um, shows so far, um, or any of the in spotlight uh, bits that Butler did, you can listen to them on Google Podcast or Spotify. Just search for Seven Sport on there. Um, keep an eye on SevenSport.co.uk throughout the week for your local news. And we're back next Saturday from ten AM here on Dean Radio. Thanks for joining us. This has been Seven Sport on Dean Radio. This is Seven Sports on Dean Radio.